are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Wednesday show for you. We're going to talk about that tweet I sent out last night in regards to this week's podcast guests, plural. We'll talk a little bit about what, uh, what's going on in the podcast world in Bachelor Nation. Interesting developments, I guess. We're going to talk about some of the short-term memory this fan, these fans of the Bachelor franchise have of this show. I'll tell you specifically what I'm talking about. Sean Booth has some words to say in regards to his ex-fiancee, Caitlin Bristow. There is a class being taught at Stanford about Taylor Swift songs. Um, I know I can't apply and get accepted at Stanford, but can I take that class online? And, wow, I might be a great spoiler guy for Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise. I didn't know I was able to spoil future game show hosts. <laughs> we'll get to all that momentarily. So, Sunday night, I tweeted out, going to be an interesting week. One, because I knew the next day I was putting up your episode-by-episode, rose-ceremony-by-rose-ceremony episode, spoilers up to the final four. And I also knew that I was set to record Tuesday, yesterday, with Jordan and JoJo. And it happened. And this all came about because on Wednesday nights, you know, tonight is a big night. I've been talking about the fact that Temptation Island and the Big D on USA Network, back-to-back, are two just really entertaining reality shows. And Jordan and JoJo host... The Big D. I spoke about the Big D two weeks ago during the premiere, tweeted out about it, and I noticed that Jordan started following me on Twitter, probably because I was mentioning the Big D. And I decided to reach out to him. This is somebody that I clearly had a past with, clearly had never spoken to in my life, but Back when I was reporting the way I was in 2016, Jordan Rogers was absolutely in my crosshairs, for sure. Everybody knows it. That was following me back then. And I wanted to reach out to him because while I did that, I've always respected Jordan's work on ESPN. I think he's a great college football analyst, and I really enjoy the Big D. So while I said all these negative things about him back in 2016, I did want to talk to him about the Big D. I did want to get him and JoJo on. So I reached out to him. I said, look, I'd love to have you guys on. And I also included in my email, hey, I'm also well aware of the things that I said back in 2016. And I privately um, you know, laid it out there for him and apologized and said should have been handled better. I didn't know what to expect. If he was going to write back and say, thanks, but we'd, you know, we'll take a pass. He couldn't have been nicer. Responded. And, you know, basically said water under the bridge, you know, let's do the interview. And we recorded the interview yesterday. The best part is, so Jordan and JoJo, I recorded with for about an hour. I'd say the first 25 to 30 minutes were all about the big D. And then since I've never spoken to either of them, we talked a little bit about their season. You know, I didn't sit there and go over the dates of everything. Like, hey, JoJo, remember in episode three where you had that group date? Like, it was more about them and their relationship and they've been very open about their relationship in terms of how that first year for them was very very rough 
So we talk about that. I thought they were excellent in talking about their relationship because I think it's something that not a lot of us has probably heard. The one question that I just totally forgot to write in my notes and I'm bummed about it, but oh well, is, you know, I think they had what? Their wedding postponed twice or three times. I wanted to just kind of get a feel for how frustrating that was probably for them because I think they were first set to get married in COVID. And then just the whole idea of constantly postponing your wedding and then fans thinking you're going to break up, stuff like that, just living under that microscope. I totally forgot to write that in my notes. I remembered it after the fact, and I'm bummed. But very great, a very good conversation. I mean, I, I couldn't thank JoJo and Jordan enough. They were excellent. I can't wait for you guys to hear that tomorrow. So that'll be up tomorrow. And then Jordan gave me an extra 45 minutes where we talked about every topic in college football for this upcoming season. That's going to be on the Sports Daily on Friday. So it was two great, great conversations that I recorded yesterday. So Jordan, Jordan and JoJo will be up tomorrow. That's podcast number 345 on my weekly podcast. I, I mean, it couldn't have gone any better. And if you're not watching the Big D, you should. It's on tonight, episode three. If you're only two episodes behind, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch the first two episodes because one of the things that I do talk about them with is the fact that I really like this show because I figure 20 years into reality television, we figure we've seen almost every idea possible. Like nothing would surprise me at this point. Nothing would shock me reality TV show-wise. We've just seen it all. But this show... Have we seen a show where they put divorced couples and make them live together and possibly date other divorced couples? I I just didn't think we had, and I really enjoy the way the show is handling things. It's not like just trash and smut. I mean, these are serious conversations. It's like, yeah, we've seen X on the beach, and we've seen the challenge where you have to compete with your ex. It's like, big deal. Your exes are on the same show that you are. That's not a big deal. Only because on this show, it's not your ex. It's your ex-spouse, someone that you were in love with, someone that you married and lived with, and now you're forced to live with them again. You know, I think it's, I think it's a really interesting concept. You know, we're three, I, I mean, we're only, you know, the third episode airs tonight, so there's so much more that has to be seen and accomplished on this show, so I, I can't wait to watch it play out. Uh, I, like I said, talk to Jordan and Jojo about that, their relationship, a little bit about their season, um, a brief, you know, we know that they're on the group date for um, charity season, the Barbie group date in episode three down in San Diego. Talk a little bit about that. A few fun things uh, that have happened to them social media wise. We talk about Jojo's um, St. Spritz wine. We talk about that, how you can get that, how that came about, all that stuff. So. A great, great conversation with them tomorrow. So look for that for podcast number 345 tomorrow. I guess a little drama happening in the podcast world in Bachelor Nation. It was thought that Bachelor Happy Hour was ending because Becca Kufrin went on her Instagram story and basically said she was moving on and everybody thought it was over. And then Monday night we get a tease that it's coming back. We didn't know who it was. Yesterday we find out it's Joe and Serena that are taking over Bachelor Happy Hour I don't know who's taking over clickbait, if anybody's taking over clickbait. And the drama seems to be surrounding how Becca was let go. You've probably seen Thomas talk about it today. He's like, look, I understand it's a business decision, but the way it was handled was was very poor. And I, I, I totally get that part. For me, though, again, these are podcasts. I The way I look at it, 
whether it's clickbait or Bachelor Happy Hour or Ben and Ashley, you know, Prick Vial, Caitlin, I understand that these are, you know, these are podcasts, not necessarily, not all of them sponsored by the show, but these are people that were former contestants that have a lot of friends within the organization and within production and especially Bachelor Happy Hour and Clipbait, which are literally sponsored by the show. They were always podcasts that I just had no interest in ever listening to unless I needed to hear what a guest had to say. But you're going to get hosts whose check was being written uh, by ABC, Warner, NZK, whatever it is. They're being paid by the show. So you're just never going to get a lot of critiquing of them and from its hosts. So the other thing being these five shows... It's almost like if Bachelor Happy Hour would have just gone away and clickbait gone away and we were down to three, I, I think that's enough. You know, they want to send their contestants and put their contestants on Bachelor affiliated podcasts, you know, whether it's Pricks or Caitlin's or Ben and Ashley's like that seems to be enough. Right. Do we need five? <laughs> like, I, I guess they still want to continue Bachelor Happy Hour. They're obviously going to with Joe and Serena, but. It's it's just not for me. It's not something, you know, if if a guest goes on there and says something outlandish, that quote is going to get picked up by the media outlets and I'll just read the quote. You know, I don't need to listen to what these people are, are going on those shows for, because I know that they're being coddled a little bit. And I'm not telling you I always say this. I'm not telling you not to listen to the Bachelor affiliated podcast. What I am telling you to do, though, is when you listen, know that the hosts of those shows are being paid by ABC and they're under the ABC umbrella. So you're just not going to get, I think the type of questions that you want to hear and the type of answers maybe that you want to hear from the contestants outsiders like myself and Dave and game of roses. And she's all batch. We're not under that umbrella and we can pretty much say whatever we want. And so just know that when you listen to those other podcasts. So while it sucks that I guess Becca was treated poorly and maybe just let go and, told at the last minute. I don't really know the ins and outs. Doesn't sound like they're going to share it, but it definitely sounds like something went wrong or something was handled poorly. I mean, that sucks. And uh, you know, but it is it's also uh business. And you know, they move on. They go with they decided to go with Joe and Serena. It's like whatever to me. Uh never been impressed with Joe as a podcast host, and that has nothing to do with his lack of preparation for anything he does, especially when it comes to calling me out. So whatever. Um, I don't listen to the shows, so it's not that big of a deal. But for those who were wondering what happened with Bachelor Happy Hour and didn't didn't have an idea, that's basically the gist of it. So remember yesterday when I told you I had to repost the final four on my Instagram feed because I had it for two months sitting up there the wrong dates, even though I had told you Xavier went first, Joey went second, Aaron went third and Dotton went fourth in my picture. I had Joey first and. Xavier second. So I had to change the picture. So when I went back and changed it and put up the new picture, looking at some of the comments underneath that, it is, it's really unbelievable. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, but it's kind of unbelievable how many people literally have the worst memory when it comes to the show, because there's a lot of comments being made showing that, Charity's final four, three of them are black men. One of them isn't, Joey, obviously. Uh, 
And yet people are commenting like, finally, ABC will have an all black couple or, oh, my gosh, they had to throw the token white guy in there because they couldn't have four black men as her final four. Um, are you conveniently forgetting that two years ago, 2021, the end of 2021, so technically not even two years ago, less than two years ago, you watched a full Bachelorette season where a black Bachelorette, Michelle Young, had a black, an all-black guy Final Four of Nate, Brandon, Joe, and Rodney and chose Nate, who is also black, and there was an all-black couple to come out of this franchise. Like The amount of people that just immediately run to that and think that there's something fishy up here, it's like literally less than two years ago, there was a season that had four black men in the final four, which meant, obviously, the final couple was all black. So, no, Charity wouldn't be setting some sort of record by choosing Doughton, Xavier, or Aaron. (laughs) Head-scratcher, I tell you. Just an absolute head-scratcher. So, yet another ex-contestant on this show has a podcast, And it's Sean Booth. It's called In the Booth with Sean Booth. Very creative title. And it's he he went in and spoke about Caitlin in his most recent podcast, which came out yesterday. And he basically said, you know, he didn't want to talk about Caitlin anymore. And yet he was talking about her on yesterday's podcast. And again, took some shots at her. And I think it's because he doesn't appreciate her when she talks about him. And he said, when the split was about to release to the world, my whole thing was, I want to make sure we do this together as a team. It's going to be really hard on both of us. We're going to have to deal with a lot of different types of opinions and thoughts and people judging us. It's like me and you are the only people that are going through this. Let's do it as a team. And it didn't work out that way. We weren't a team. So that's a little bit of a shot. And then he also threw in there that, He admitted that the way she moved on with Jason was the issue. He said, the reason why I had said that, hey, I don't want to talk anymore, I don't want to see you, is because when we were going through this together, I knew about Jason and Caitlin before anybody knew about Jason and Caitlin. I've known about this before the world knew about it, and I knew about it because, unfortunately, when I was sending Caitlin a text message, she sent me one back that she was supposed to send to Jason. He claimed the text mix-up was right after they had officially called it quits. And he said, I'll never forget because I was in West Elm and I was looking for furniture and because literally I had nothing in my apartment. I told her she should keep the house. I'll move out. I don't want to be there. So I'm just looking for furniture. It was rough. I mean, the worst thing you could do, the worst thing was you couldn't talk about it. I didn't want to blow up her spot. So he also said, you know, he says, I don't want to talk to her anymore. And he said he's also contradicting himself of talking to her because he said, I asked her kindly to stop talking about me on her podcast because I said, it's not fun getting media outreach every few months and adding that he ignores comment calls. And he said he does while he said he didn't want to talk negatively about Caitlin. He also said, I just didn't think what she was saying was accurate. I think she was saying things that were incorrect. I know what happened. I know how everything went down. She can say what she wants to say. If that's something that makes her feel better or something that she has to discuss, and you know, she's an open book, and she told me that, which I understand, and sometimes it's good to talk about, like it's good talking about right now, because I never talked about it, and I don't want to sit here negatively about my ex who I spent time with. And, you know, Caitlin had made 
comments recently saying she felt used by Sean, saying he was hanging on to the relationship until his gym opened. And that was just her opinion. She's allowed to share her opinion on the relationship. But when you're as big of a couple as they were and a very popular couple, anytime anyone says something about their past relationship, immediately the media is going to run to the other person and say, well, what do you think about what Caitlin said? So while Caitlin has every right to talk about this, and she just felt, hey, um... It's just I felt he was hanging on to the relationship until his gym opened, like he was just kind of using her. And that was her opinion. She didn't know if it was right or wrong. That's just the way she felt. So, you know, I, you know, Sean, it's funny because just going by these quotes, Sean is, yeah, he's definitely contradicting himself because he's saying I don't want to talk about her. But then he just spent a lot of his podcast talking about her and not saying the nicest of things. But. You know, ultimately, I, 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 I hope this, I mean, it will get back to Caitlin. She clearly knows what he said on the podcast today. Now, again, is she going to address this? Because then if she's addressed this, they're going to want to go back to Sean and say, Sean, what did you have to say about Caitlin responding to what you said on your podcast? It's like we're getting nowhere. Really, we're not. But my guess is Caitlin will at least say something. I don't think she's going to go on a full diatribe or anything like that. She doesn't need to. But it looks like, look. They have their versions of what happened in their relationship. Sean doesn't feel that she was being right when she said what she did. She feels like he wasn't being right. And, you know, Sean says, look, I knew about her and Jason, and it happened way sooner than a lot of you think. I guess only they know that. I guess only Caitlin and Jason and Sean know exactly when it ended with Sean and when it truly started with Jason. I don't know. And it's not my business to actually guess. I have no factual evidence to back it up. Sean says he got a text, quote unquote, shortly after their breakup from Caitlin that was meant for Jason. I don't know if that was a sext. I don't know if it was something that was flirty, whatever the case may be. But the way he talked about it on the podcast certainly makes it think like when he says, I knew Caitlin and Jason were a thing before anyone else knew. Seemingly, whatever text he got from Caitlin that was meant for Jason that ended up for Sean, seemingly that was something that was, okay, this is probably, these two are probably dating, seeing each other. So whatever the case may be, um, I hope it just kind of dies down, but I know it's it's a big story right now. I mean, it's a, it was a cover story uh, on Us Weekly yesterday. So, you know, it sucks because when you are a couple in this franchise and you break up, you obviously all kind of released that statement saying we want our privacy. This is tough for both of us. But as time goes on and people get podcasts or people go on other podcasts as guests, you're inevitably going to be asked about it. It's impossible not to. And there are very few breakups in this world, especially in Bachelor Nation, where both couples absolutely 1,000% are total in link and arm in arm about Everything that went down in their relationship, they see eye to eye on everything and the breakup was amicable and they both decided, hey, let's go our separate ways and good job by you and good job by you and you're the best. Like there's just it's just not realistic. There's always somebody that maybe feels slighted. There's maybe one party that felt that uh, the other one took advantage of them, whatever the case may be. There's still a lot there. And these two were engaged for three years. It's not like they dated for six months. It's a three-year relationship. So clearly, they had a very, very solid foundation at one point. And then for whatever reason, it just came apart. Happens. People break up all the time. 
Them breaking up is no different than any other couple breaking up. It happens. But when you're in that limelight, unfortunately, every single thing you say and every little thing you do is going to be dissected. That's what Sean had to say today. We'll see if Caitlin responds. I don't know. Hey now, Taylor Swift fans. I saw this tweet from the Swift Museum. Stanford offers a brand new course on Taylor Swift's songwriting skills titled The Last Great American Songwriter, Storytelling with Taylor Swift Through the Eras. The course will be offered to all undergraduates next spring through the university's English department. Earlier this year, Stanford introduced all-too-well 10-week version. Can I get this class online? I've never had any interest in going back to school for anything. I The second I got out of college, I knew I would never go back to school for anything. Just wasn't in the cards for me. With that said, <laughs> if someone could sneak me into uh, Stanford, I think I might take this course. Can you offer it online? Can I do it from my home? Because I'm not really close to Palo Alto right now. But I would really like to take the last great American songwriter storytelling with Taylor Swift through the eras because I've got thoughts on her lyrics and I would love to dissect them just like a lot of her fans do. So count me in. I can't believe earlier this year I missed the all too well 10 week version. I mean, come on now. It's arguably her best song she's ever written. And when she came out and redid her album, she gave us 10 minutes. This The original was six minutes long, and it was arguably the best song she's ever written. And then she added four extra minutes and gave one of the best videos we've ever seen. Very powerful video to that song, the 10-minute video. It was like a short film. It wasn't even a video. That was a short movie. So anybody out there work at Stanford? Anybody out there get me into that class? Is there a way I can sneak in and just, like, be part of the class online? No? Okay. And finally, how about this? A couple weeks ago when Pat Sajak announced his retirement, literally the very next day when I spoke about it, the first name I threw out was, oh, this is probably going to a guy like Ryan Seacrest. He has every other job in America. I heard yesterday, Ryan Seacrest has six jobs right now. Six. He's got... Kiss FM in L.A., the Kiss FM morning show in Los Angeles. He's got On Air with Ryan Seacrest. He's got the American Top 40 on the weekends. He's got the New Year's Rockin' Eve, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. He's still the host of Idol, and now he's got Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I mean, look, and I'm not mad at it. I mean, I'm sure people that are in the industry – are bothered by the fact that he gets every hosting job. But I'm telling you, I think a lot of that is bitterness. And the second thing is, uh, the guy's good. Say what you want about Ryan Seacrest. He's an excellent host. He's just he's just got it. He makes you feel comfortable when you're watching the show. He's not awkward. He isn't weird. He doesn't leer over contestants. He's not creepy. He's just a guy out there that knows how to host a show and get you through the show He's got a good smile. He's just very engaging. He's just, he's very, very good at what he does. Let's, you don't deny, first off, you don't make $450 million in your career like he's worth right now 
if you suck at what you do. I'm sorry. You don't just do that. People will find out that you're a fraud and you won't get jobs anymore. People keep hiring him because he's good. So I have no problem with it. The fact that Vanna is going to stay on now makes sense because Seacrest is there. Um, you know, Vanna's 66 years old and Seacrest is 48. And I think Vanna's probably going to ask for more money. I heard she's going through some contract negotiations, renegotiations, wants more money because uh, apparently something I read, she has not had a raise in 18 years. Now you might say, Steve, well, why would she get a raise? She does the same thing. Well, I would think the show brings in more money now than it did 18 years ago, so why not? But I, she makes roughly $3 million a year. I don't know what Seacrest's contract is for for Wheel of Fortune, but I know for Idol he's making 15 or 20 a season. So i got to believe Wheel of Fortune, as much as it films, they probably film like Jeopardy, five episodes a day, five days a week. That knocks out you know, essentially two months of shows in one week. Um, I, my guess is he's probably doing it for 12 to 15 million. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe his price is a little bit more. Maybe he's getting 20 to do wheel of fortune, but man, uh, you know, I, I understand people are bitter and maybe people are just sick of him, but he's good at what he does. You got to give him that. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please. I always say rate, subscribe and review. And I've had a couple of people recently ask me, Steve on Apple podcast, there's nowhere to subscribe. It just says follow. That's basically subscribing. So um, I'm probably still going to screw up and say subscribe, but maybe I'll just change the wordage now and just say, please follow on Apple Podcasts. Hit the follow button, and then you're all set. As long as I'm showing up and my podcast is showing up in your podcast feed every morning at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time, then you are following me, and that's the best thing you can do. Rate and reviewing, great as well. So thank you all for listening. Again, I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!